Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy Z Murray. What up, dog? This is Eshaw. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy DJ Paul KOL for 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man Matt Mine the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. about 13 <laughs> and uh you know it just came to me like you should write a rap and then I got in the talent show in seventh grade and I didn't even have a beat I was just like clap your hands and I said my rap and I won first place and it just went on from there yeah yeah like in the lunchroom someone beating on a table and you just fell in love with it right away um when did you know that this is something that you wanted to do yeah, when I won that talent show in seventh grade, I was like, this is it. <laughs> I'm 13, I'm and I'm going. like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that, to win a talent yeah. show right out the gate like that, that's real impressive. Um, did you get any offers at that time or, or make any noise to where you drew the attention of, like, any labels? Oh, not at all. You know, I mean, it was just junior high school so there was no scouts in the audience however you know just the fact that I was able to write a rap memorize it perform it in front of people and you know get the acknowledgement of first place I was like I'm sold you know and I moved on to you know just running track and doing other stuff that young girls do but the music was just so in me that I, I just continued to do it. So I ran into a promoter. I was babysitting, and uh, the guy had a nice car, and I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a promoter. So he, he gave me another show, like a real show. Uh, it was like, you know, those neighborhood shows. So I did that show, and there was a promoter there, and he's like, I got another show, and I just kept rapping, you know. 
just kept it going. And, uh, you know, yeah, who was some of your early battle rap too. <laughs> oh, you was doing the battle raps? Oh, yeah, I was doing, I was like freestyle battle rap. I mean, this is 13, 14, 15. I think when I was 15, I finally went to a studio with uh, DJ L-Dog, whose son is now the Migos producer. Uh, he's their DJ. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's how long ago. But I, I recorded a song, Be a Star, with uh, L-Dog, and I was like, I like the way I sounded on tape. So, I, you know, it was a step-by-step process of getting to the majors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you're from Cleveland, right? Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. Born and raised. Okay, okay. So you so were there Cleveland. when um, Bone Enterprise first dropped. Did you hear their, their tape back in the day before they got with Ruthless? Yeah, you know, with those promoters in Cleveland doing all those festivals and shows, uh, Bone and I were with the same uh, guy, Kermit Henderson, with um, Dow's Rapid Creation and Diego Black. They managed us, and they Bone, you know, we did shows together. So I think they were like just, you know, a couple little young boys. I was, you know, not too much older than them, but... I was going by MC Lori D, and they were Bone Thugs, and we did, you know, Love Fest. We did Glenville Fest. We did a whole bunch of festivals together, so I, I was aware of them. Were they, were they pretty wild at that time? Like, busy? Was he was he off the chain? <laughs> no, you know, to me, they were just these little boys who were just good. You know what I mean? It was an honor. Like, you know, when you're an artist and you're trying to get on with the majors, it was just like we were – good raw Cleveland talent and those people who were in position to help promote us, they did their job, you know, so if it wasn't for them taking that time to show us love at the time, I don't think, you know, I don't know how it went, but <laughs> we were definitely artists, you know, even in our own right without a major. So Bone Thugs, you know, shout out to them and Lazy. Uh, Lazy Bone reaches out sometimes to me, you know, because he's like, you're a legend, <laughs> you know, because we all were trying to get on. And uh, 94, when Eazy-E came and we opened up, Bone Thugs opened up for him, I opened up, and Eazy offered me a record deal. And I kind of turned it down because I was working with Scarface at the time. I had just started working with him, so I was like, uh, I think I'm just going to go with Scarface. And he's like, well, tell the boys to come in. And then Bone went in and he signed them, and the rest is history. So I could have gone with Easy. <laughs> you could have gone with Easy. Do you? Uh, well, unfortunately, you know, he passed not long after. But do you? Uh, do you kind of wish you would have at that time, or, or are you glad you went to uh, no. the rap louder? No, I'm glad because I think it would have been more of a conflict of interest because Bone Thugs, like I said, they, you know, we started, you know, we were doing music in Cleveland. Everybody's trying to get on. It's kind of like it worked out the way it was supposed to be because yeah. I think if we both had signed to Easy, you know, it could have been more or less like, you know, just a conflict of interest of having two Cleveland artists or teams, you know, together and trying to <laughs> fit them in and, you know, so I don't know. I think I'm always have belonged as a mobstress, you know, I always belonged in a mob, <laughs> you know, rest yeah, in peace, yeah. Easy and, I thank him for out. at least, you know, honoring me. <laughs> like, hey, I could sign you to my label, Ruthless. And I was just like, you know, and he didn't say anything bad. He's just like, okay, send those boys in. So I walked out the room and was like, easy, why don't you guys? And I didn't think about it. Like, darn it, I'm, you know, <laughs> this is easy E. <laughs> Well, this was the, the time you're referring to when he actually, when they rapped for him and stuff. They was following him back and forth. Yeah, on the bus this is 94, 19... Yeah, 1994 yeah. at the Cotton Club, which was owned by Gerald Levert. Wow, that's history. Yeah, that's and shout history. out to A.B. AB Walker because he can tell you because he was a witness to the whole thing. He's the one who brought Easy e He just recently, uh, like, he placed that whole contract uh, on his page of that night of, you know, when he brought Easy e to Cleveland in 94. So shout out to A.B. <laughs> he was there, so I right have a witness. There. But you were already signed to uh, Face or working with Face at the time. When did you uh, first meet him? 
Okay, I met Faith in 1993, and I met uh, Easy in 94. So basically I met Faith and was like, you know, we talked about working together and stuff, and then I'd be in Cleveland and still rapping and trying to, you know, get solidified in this game. And, you know, so at that moment when I talked to Easy, I kind of was just like, I really am already having this opportunity with Scarface, so I'm just going to stick to Scarface, you know? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it's dope. I mean, I, I'm sure he understands, you know, um, and and uh, Face and, and, and Easy, I'm sure there was always a mutual respect there as well. Uh, both visionaries, yeah. you know, um, very talented, obviously. Um, but uh, how did you get the name uh, 350 The Mobstress? What's the uh, well, 350 guy? came from, like I said, I started off as Lori D and then moved to MC Lori D because we had all these MC lights, MC search, MC, you know. And um, in 1989, I know this sounds so long ago, but um, I wanted, I woke up one day, I was like, I want to change my name. And I was like, I think I should change it to like a number or something. So that way, like when they pull the curtain open, you know, they, I would have everyone's attention because they'd be hearing this number. So I thought about twice, and uh, shout out to Jay Cool. You know, he he's the guy that was down in this group I was down with at the time, and he was like, "What about 350?" He said some other stuff, but it was like a 350Z car parked in the driveway. So I was like, "Yeah, 350 sounds cool," you know. So I just took it as the engine, you know, like that, that was a powerful engine, and I was powerful, and <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it works, 350. Yeah, that's dope, that's dope. Now, uh, you mentioned, you know, Easy and Face. I, I don't know if it's true or not. You, I mean, you can clarify for me, but did you ever, um, were you ever, uh, was Biggie Smalls ever interested in signing you as well? Yeah, I was just going to mention that. I met Biggie June 94, so... Let's see, I met Faith October 93, Easy like April 94, and then I met Biggie June 94. And I had no idea who he was, and of course he had no idea who I was. However, I did have the Big Mike, shout out to Big Mike, something serious, uh, Rap A Lot Records. And Big Mike had these promotional t-shirts with his face on the front and Rap A Lot's logo on the back. So when I met Biggie, I had that shirt on, and so Biggie went on to do Flavor in your ear, the remix, and said, not from Houston, but I rap a lot. And that's all because he and I became friends, and I had that shirt on. So I kind of inspired (laughs) that remix, you know. Rest in peace, Biggie. But he did talk to me about, you know, um, eventually, 94, 95, 96, you know, we were on tour. We did shows together, Bone, Biggie, um, Face Mob, and too short. I mean, we were all on tour together, and so Biggie did say, you know, uh, right before he passed, he said, you know, I want to do this group uh, with Charlie. Well, he didn't say Charlie yet, but he's just like Kim and this other chick from L.A. and you, Biggie's Angels. And I turned it down because I was with Scarface. And that is just kind of like, um, you know, Biggie asked me on the phone, and then I clicked over. I said, hold on, and then Faith called me and was like, you know, why don't you join this group? I had already been down with Faith on tour with him in the Ghetto Boys, just waiting for my chance to get a solo deal, you know, paying dues. So when he called and asked me, and I said, a group? And he's like, yeah, me, Devin, DMG. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I clicked over and told Biggie, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to go with Scarface again. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the easy eating. But, you know, I don't know. I just felt that loyalty to that whole, you know, vibe. And it was more of my energy to do the gangster rap with a little hip-hop twist. Yeah, rather than kind of be placed into that female MC bubble, you know, what they uh, were going to take you and Little Kim and and some other. I'm sure it would have been a dope group, but um, you're more hardcore. Yeah, than it that. still more, could be a dope street. group. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you know, um, well, I'm sure Biggie would have been on there as well, you know, uh, features and whatnot. But um, your loyalty to yeah. Face, I imagine he's appreciated that over the years. Um, are you still in touch with him today? Yeah, we just, well, he was just here for his farewell tour, uh, the 29th, and uh, at the House of Blues in Cleveland. So I was there, you know, and we're, we've been friends for 31 years, you know, so it's it's just a mutual mutual appreciation of the art. So he's always like, I'm always going to be thankful for him taking the time to, you know, show the world my talent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the um other side of the law was an amazing project, you know, um and when it came out, I think uh it didn't really get the props that it deserved. You know, um do you think there might have been conflict of interest that it was released the same year as the Ghetto Boys Resurrection maybe? No. I honestly think because the Ghetto Boys Resurrection came in 94. And we did a couple movie soundtracks, too, like High School High, Original Gangster. So Face Mob was on the road. We even did um, BET Rap City with Joe Claire that never aired, which is kind of sad. But we were on the box um, constantly. We we debuted at, like, number four. There's a, you know, number six, you know, um, album when it came out so uh, we came out in august i think that's a problem with the promotions for face mob was more or less like we were released with like the same day as Aaliyah and lil kim so oh, yeah. <laughs> if you do Aaliyah and lil kim like those are anticipated albums when no one knows us so it's, i don't think everyone's like anticipated as far as I wouldn't be. I definitely would want to hear Leah and Lil Kim. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, though, it's it's a timeless record. You know, people always, uh, you know, bring it up to this day. It's kind of like uh, the West Side Connection. You know, uh, that was a, a super group over there, and, and they only dropped in, uh, you know, two or three albums, I think. Um, same with you guys. Do you guys have plans of maybe doing like a reunion project? We've had DMG on the show, and I'm sure, uh, you know, Smitty's out there. Yeah, um, that would be great. I, I would love to do that. Um, you know, if, if that can happen, you know, and it does happen, I'm, I'm definitely down. Uh, shout out to Face Mob and all our members, because the story that people don't know is that we were all from five different states and we, you know, face met us all on tour when he was touring and, uh, we were all waiting for our solo deals. And, uh, I know DMG had his rigor mortis album. And, uh, I think face was just like, you know what? These, these people have become my friends and my family and they're really dope. So I think I'll just put them in a group with myself and, and, uh, promote them and, they'll all get a chance. So we were strangers. So for us actually to do a whole album and not know each other <laughs> and just come together with all these different styles from different states, that was just monumental. Yeah. Different views and different, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the real ideas. world. The show on MTV, you know, when it first started, like seven different strangers put together to to live in a place, you know, and see how it works out. We were just strangers put together to be in a group. Yeah. That's a, yeah, definitely amazing. What was deep, uh, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, everything, I mean, I'm glad we're doing this because people need to know. I mean, this, this is history right here. Um, what was uh, Jay Prince like? Uh, Jay Prince was such a, a cool businessman like when I saw him I kind of felt like I was seeing you know like this boss you know because I've always been into music and I looked at the Barry Gordy's and the you know Motown records and to see this man you know running this company it was powerful so every time I saw him I was kind of a little hi Jay you know and he's like hey three <laughs> you know and that would be kind of it you know because it was like this man is something like so powerful. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, the mob ties is a, 
a huge movement of uh, respect all around the uh, the country and the globe. I mean, this guy owns islands. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. he's definitely, um, you know, done a lot of things over the years. But Rap-A-Lot itself has so much history. Uh, it goes back to, like, 86. Um, how does it feel to be a part of that history? It feels great. And, you know, and just going back to speak on Jay Prince, you know, shout out to him and the whole Rap-A-Lot family. And, and I've always, when I see him, I have thanked him for that opportunity. And he did mention me in his book, which was a great book. I love the book. And I was honored to be mentioned a couple times in the book. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, it is just a dream come true. Like I said, I grew up listening to the Ghetto Boys. Um, that was part of like my whole, I used to dance a lot. So that song would just give me the energy to just, you know, and just to work with them. I'm like, it just blew my mind. Willie D, um, Bushwick Bill, rest in peace, Bushwick. That experience is just, it's just mind blowing. Like that's why I was like, if I don't do anything else, I've, I've worked them on the ghetto boys album. Like I've, I have a song with the ghetto boys. Or, you know, I've worked with them. I've traveled with these guys. Uh, and and they, they show me nothing but love. Houston showed me nothing but love, you know, coming from Cleveland and being a hip-hop artist that had a street edge. They just received me with, you know, welcome arms. like, And I just, you know, I, I'm so thankful for that experience. And I made history, you know. I mean, Destiny Child, Destiny's Child and 350 are the only females ever to do a song on a Ghetto Boys album. Like, really? Wow. At that I didn't artist know type, that. You know, I mean, there's other females that have sang on there or something, but yeah. we were featured on the Ghetto Boys, so I like that part. <laughs> yeah, you was on Hold It Down, I believe, right? If I'm not yep. mistaken. Hold It Down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that album was a classic. I remember they had the, uh, they jumped out of the caskets up in Chicago and they had the big press up there. Um, what was Bushwick Bill like? Do you, do you, uh, um, did you get to know him at all? Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time with Bill. Uh, I think it was part of the, uh, you know, an initiation into Rap-A-Lot was to say if she can handle <laughs> Bill, <laughs> she can be down. Because Bill tested me a lot, you know, and I've mentioned in other interviews that, you know, he held me at gunpoint twice, and, and he did, you know. But that's the type of, you know, person Bill was. But then it was one show that Bill and I did where we were on stage and it was so hot. And I can't remember because we, we traveled so much, but it was he and I on the stage with a lot of people. There were so many people on the stage, but he could feel like we both were feeling like we were going to faint. We were sweating so hard. And Bill's like, you okay, three? And I'm like, yeah, you okay, Bill? <laughs> like at that moment, I know like he's got my back. <laughs> we were, you know, but Bill, yeah, you know. Uh, he was. I was actually there with when his daughter was born. He brought the mob to the hospital, and I'll never forget that. You know, so he was a good guy, and yeah, I just yeah, I'll miss Bill. Uh, you know, he, I do miss him. He was. Uh, we had him on this show many times, and uh, we had an episode one time. Uh, we were interviewing him, and I had Reddy Red call in, and him and Red hadn't talked in years prior to that. You know, and. Uh, they just chopped it up for like 40, 50 minutes. I didn't say a word. I just let magic happen, you know. Um, but the stories they were talking about in those early Ghetto Boys days was just amazing. But you, uh, let's go back just a second. You said he held you at gunpoint a couple times. What was he, uh, had a few drinks that night? Or? Well, I think uh, when I first got down in Houston, um, he he had a driver, and, and it's so funny that I'm telling this story because I just saw his driver, Oki, uh, at the show at the House of Blues. And I hadn't seen Oki in 20-some years, so it just blew my mind. I, mean, I didn't even know who he was, but he was the driver. So he picked me up one day, him and Bill, and we went back to Bill's place. And there was uh, some situation that I don't want to really go into, uh, but Bill was like, going off on a rant and I was like trying to leave out the door because I'm like shit I'm getting out of here and he <laughs> grabbed a big ass gun that was bigger than him 
and he came and he's like, don't move, three. And I was like, gosh. So he went around and did whatever he had to do, and he calmed down. He's like, okay, we can go. But I was like, damn, like, he could just almost, he just almost shot me. But now we're leaving, and we're okay. So, But I already knew about Bill and his craziness. I was a true Ghetto Boy fan, so I remember when he shot his eye out. I remember the album cover. I remember, you know, the Everclear story and everything. So, you know, I was already like, you know, I'm Bill's picking me up from the hotel. I'm already afraid. (laughs) (laughs) He told us, uh, you know, when he got shot, they put him in the uh, in the morgue, and uh, he was making noise in the drawer. And the guy come and open up the door. He jumped out and pulled out his catheter and peed on the guard's foot. He said the guard took off running. You know, it's crazy. I mean, the stuff. I mean, they they gotta make a movie about that guy's life. I mean, it's just you know amazing what he what he endured and what he'd been through to what he achieved. You know. Um, yeah. Very uh, underrated, talented individual right there. Rest in peace, Bushwick Bill. Uh, 350, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to uh, a song, then we're going to come back. I want to chop it up and find out what you're doing now. So we're going to play a classic. This one, Stay True by Face Mob. Um, what can you tell us about this classic? Uh this song here, Stay True, is Devin and I, you know, we just went in. He, we didn't even listen to each other's verses. We just had the beat, and we went in, and it just blended perfectly. So shout out to Devin the Dude, and to everyone who uh, loves the face mob, stay true. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back with 350 The Mobstress. I don't know why. <laughs> Always talking shit. 
to me. So I'm gonna do what the fuck I always do because I got to stay true. Stay true. So I put my motherfucking mind to the shit. Told them, nigga, if you wanna be real, be realistic and kiss this motherfucking ass a reproduction. Ain't no love for them punk ass niggas that selling mercy. See, it ain't no business up in your shit in your grill. These niggas got me all fucked up, but now they know the deal with steel. They come up in my face with that gang gang nigga steady talking, but still they talk the same same shit every day. Motherfuck what a nigga say, cause if you listen to everybody, you'll end up changing the way you got your fame. Mm. Parking up your name, damaging your brain, forgetting where you got your game. Dedicated to all my homies who stay true to this. Not for you busted motherfuckers coming new to this. You know what I'm saying? To uh, stop sucking dick and let's get rich. Don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do besides smoke marijuana. I can't do what you want me to because I got to stay true. Nigga, fuck you. Bitches talking shit, I don't know why. Smoking till the weed getting so high. I'm gonna do what the fuck I always do. she's doing today um when you hear that when you go back in time and listen to that i mean uh what are your thoughts about it well you know what staying true is just staying true to yourself what you believe you know coming from cleveland is you know it was a struggle to be a dreamer and i never gave up on my dreams so it's kind of like staying true to your dreams and they will come true but you know just have to stay true to whatever you do in life, you know. Yeah. And oh yeah. So right now, yeah. So right now, like I'm songwriting. Um, I'm down for hosting. I'm still rapping, trying to do more shows and maybe get to you know my overseas fans because um, I have you know fans from everywhere because of the Face Mob and you know also through like uh, sites like Number One Music, then I've gotten a lot more fans that follow me as an independent artist, 350, the mobstress. Um, I just released a song, Gatorella. It's uh, streaming on all platforms. Uh, and it's picking up speed. You know, I'm a distro kid, so they definitely got me out here. And I'm just pushing those songs that I have in the universe and just trying to do more and maybe do some collabs. I did a song with the Lady of Rage uh, called Ain't Right with the... Oh. Artist, yeah, yeah, me and Lady of Rage, that's a whole other thing, you know. Because, yeah, how did you how did that come about? Well, an artist by uh, the name of Miss Vila, M S X E L A, uh, rest in peace. Uh, she brought us together to do a song, Ain't Right, and uh, Rage like said my name in the song, so I was just like, I'm on a song with Rage, and she put me in her verse, like. That was ultimate respect, you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. definitely a fan, you know, um, of all the female rappers, mostly. Um, like Boss, I've done a show with Boss before. Uh, I actually opened up for Salt and Pepper when I was, like, 19. <laughs> so I might have been younger than that. But I've been rapping for 37 years now, so <laughs> it's a long-ass time. I've done, you know, a lot of work with different artists, but... You know, like Avant, uh, I did a song with him. You know, some things are just in a vault, and some things are, you know, like I would love to do a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, or oh, other yeah. Cleveland artists. But yeah, I, that's what that I'm doing there. now. We gotta, uh, we yeah. gotta, uh, anybody listening, you gotta uh, get at uh, Bone and, and make this happen. You know, um, <laughs> But that's dope. I mean, you you've had an amazing career, though. I mean, you 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 were at the pinnacle of so many different things. You know, uh, Biggie reaching out to you, Easy. Um, you know, uh, that's got to make you humble. You know, as a person, like, wow, man, I was around all these people. They really saw my talent and what I brought to the table. 
you know, that's respect. Yeah, that is. You know, and um, when I was younger, I was signed to the OJs, you know, and I did a project with them for a couple years. They just didn't know what to do with me. And Gerald LeVert, we had meetings, and he's like, you're just too street, you know. So I've had these opportunities come along. So my loyalty to Scarface was like, I know that he can sell me because he was, you know, underground gangster and overground, too. So, you know, you mesh with who... You you know, the universe, it's just like if you put it out there, you know, they'll come. It's like I just kept going. I made my demos. I printed up 120 demos. Uh, my demo was Hard Time. And Biggie actually had that demo, too, because I gave it to Scarface. I used to pay, I gave it to Tupac. I met Tupac in 94. Uh, I just think I just kept going. So, you know, it just had to happen because I wasn't going to stop. And I still i am not going to stop, you know, no matter the age, uh, I think good music is good music no matter what. So I'm going to keep putting out music. I'm going to keep, you know, trying to host and collab with people and maybe songwrite for some people, uh, probably possibly get an artist and, and help them and develop them, you know, because I do know, you know, how the industry is. It's like it's different now than back then because you could just, you know, every person who came out. But now it's so many people. It's like 40,000 rappers just yeah. right now. <laughs> there's Internet, a million rappers, uh, but they're just putting out 40,000. Like back in the day, they put out like two or three. <laughs> yeah, oversaturation, that's, like that's podcast, the word for it. <laughs> uh, we, uh, when we started this podcast, we started in 04, right? Um, that was the year the word podcast was coined. And I've... I'm, I've just sat back and just, just watched over the years. There's a few people here and there, you know, and Vlad comes along. Now, man, everybody's got a podcast, you know, um, which is a good thing, you know, but, you know, but at the same token, you know, it's kind of hard to sift through everything, and it, you know, just like with the music. You know, you gotta find, you got to go through a lot of junk to find the, the, good, the good music nowadays. It's out there, you know. And we're going to hear some of it yeah. because we got uh, Ghetto Rello. We're going to play that in a little bit. Um, but before we do, you're talking about overseas. I'm going to bring out my brother, Sin, from France. Um, he's got a few questions for you. Uh, Sin, you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, uh, 350. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I got some questions. Yeah, about um, this song, uh, Rivals. Who was part of the movie Original Gangsters with a Vanguard, and the song was also produced by Scarface. Can you tell us about this one and how it was to be uh, part of the movie and in fact for the track? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we were in Hollywood, and hey, Sam, how you doing? Shout out to France and all, you know, all my three <laughs> keys out there. <laughs> um, Rivals yeah, was a song that faced. Uh, I actually came to him with a verse that I had, you know, I came up with this hook and this verse, so I came to face, and he's so talented that he made a beat right there off of my verse. And then, you know, for a while they just rolled around and we listened to that beat with my verse, and then uh, Smitty and DMG, you know, wrote their parts and Devin, and we all came together for that song, and then they placed it on the movie soundtrack, and... That was that was just unbelievable. <laughs> that was unbelievable. The original Gangsters movie soundtrack. Yeah, and also yeah. Uh, another song was uh, the, the, the atmosphere of a bank robbery, and it was produced by Mike Dean and Scarface also. And um, what was the song, Bank Robbery? The bank robbery was like, uh, you know, we wrote it in the living room of a townhouse that I was at, and we'd get together, the mob would come over, and we'd all write our parts and say, well, we'll say this, and I'll say this, and you say that. And basically, that's kind of like, you know, it was like a play on music, you know, and people write a play, and we memorize the lines, and that's what we did, and it came out great. I love the bank robbery. That experience uh, brought the mob closer together, so we were able to go on tour after that, and, you know, we 
formed a bond just through writing music together and getting to know each other. Wow. Yeah, I know. And how it yeah. was to work with uh, legendary Mike Dean and Annual Joe were legendary oh, rap and producers. Yeah, uh, shout out to Mike Dean and N.O. Joe. Uh, those producers, like Mike Dean is just awesome. Um, he's just a great, great, uh, him and N.O. Joe, like they are geniuses at what they do. So it was an honor to work with them and, you know, face, I mean, the whole creative vibe then was so raw and real. You could, you can almost like feel that something was going to happen, that we were on to something good. So Shout out to them and Beto too, because Beto had um, done some music too for Rapala, and you know the mob was honored to have those experiences with the Ghetto Boys producers and be in house with you know and Little J overseeing. It was just an awesome opportunity. Oh yeah, yeah. no. And um, uh, when you grew up in Cleveland before Bounters, did you grow up on other rappers on a as inspiration, maybe before Bounters. Uh, you mean like uh, other Cleveland rappers? Yeah, early yeah, pioneers of Cleveland team, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, honestly, Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, like the Beatles. <laughs> so just being able to do shows with them, uh, I think that's the only artist besides, you know, the OJs or, you know, Gerald Levert, uh, Minute Large. Uh, I actually, my a friend, rest in peace, Nina Creaky, I helped her write the song for A-Ball, MJG, Space Age Pimpin'. Uh, we helped write that song, and she's from Cleveland. Oh, wow. um, but she was originally in one of the girls with uh, Gerald Levert, if you ever... <clears throat> heard of that group that he yeah. put out and then she had made her way to Houston and I was down there and so eight ball asked me if I knew anyone who sang and I just said well my friend Nina's here and so Nina and she and I and this uh, other female glow shout out to glow it's her birthday today that's one of my home girls and we went over there and we wrote that song that took eight ball and MJG you know to a whole nother level but <laughs> so that was one of the Cleveland artists I worked with that's huge. That, see, that's what I'm talking about. Your history is just insane, because that that sitting on top of the world. That's one of my favorite albums ever. I mean, to me, that's yeah, like almost well, this like was a space, yeah. Album, you know? <laughs> that was the album. I'm, I'm a big fan of Abar and JG, and I've had I you know I met them, and you know when Cleveland like had artists come. My brother and I shout out to Mafioso. We would go to wherever venue and say this is our city you know who are you <laughs> we would kind of intimidate you know before I got on we would just go and just say who are you you know and what are you doing in our city <laughs> maybe like uh you know or we knew who they were and just be like well this is Cleveland this is our city you know and so we we met a lot of people that way you know not like a strong arm thing more like hey welcome to our city this is our city, and oh, you're eight ball and JG, or you're MT8, or you're DLC. I mean, we've met so many people um, living in Cleveland. You know, that's kind of how I met Scarface right? and, and Biggie and, and Tupac. You know, they come to Cleveland. Cleveland's a, a loving city for artists that are not from here. You know, I can't say that they, you know, really show love. They show love to Bone Thugs and Harmony, but, you know, I don't get that same love in Cleveland that I would in France or you know, Australia or Nigeria or, you know, but eventually that will change, you know? Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I want to go back a minute. You you talked about you pressed up a demo tape. Are those still in existence? Do you still have any of those? I have a dat of my hard times <laughs> demo. I still have the dat for it. Uh, like I said, I I made 120 tapes. I gave them to everyone. I mean, I don't even know, like, if Biggie's mom has, has all of his stuff and my tape is still sitting in a box somewhere. Because <laughs> he and I had that M to Me beat 
and we talked about that. You know, when Biggie and I met, we became very close, very close friends. And uh, so I'm sure he kept my tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so. amazing. You know, um, again, all these connections. Uh, let's, I'll tell you what, uh, before we close out the show, um, I want to make sure to give you the floor, and I also want to play um, – this uh, Ghetto Rella track too as well And I got a verse That you did with MC Brains um, Oh my gosh that like? And that's the other Cleveland artist I'm sorry yeah I had to shout out to MC Brains Definitely um, One of the big rappers Like Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland I, I do apologize Because I, I You know I'm an artist <laughs> So yeah. I've worked with a lot of different people But Brains yeah I'm so dope It's definitely a good song Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to close out the show with that. Right now we're going to go to Getarella, uh, which is, a, you said, is available right now. So I want our, all the listeners to please go out and, and get that. Um, is this going to be, um, like, a, a, from an album or an EP? Or? I definitely would love for it to be for an EP. Honestly, I am just uh, solo dolo right now. I'm building Team 3. I don't want to let my three C's down of not being able to reach, you know, get my music. So I'm I'm putting together mixed CDs and, and songs and just throwing them out there. And, you know, hopefully I could just do one whole collective album, but I don't really want to come out sloppy. When you come from Scarface, you know, you want it to be, you know, up, above, you know, par. So... I am just working on that. I'm pushing Gatorella as a single for, you know, all those future things I have in store. Um, people can follow me, uh, 3-F-I-F-T-Y or 350-350 on Instagram. I am on uh, Facebook as my government, Loretta Dorsey. But, you know, 350, if you Google 350 Face Mob, you'll be able to find, you know, a lot of my music and stuff and, it's just I'm not going to stop. So, you know, they can mention 1,000 female rappers, and they never mention me. And that's my whole thing about staying true to this. I'm, you know, with people like you will help get this word out here that I am, who, you know, and I've done some some things for hip-hop that need to be accounted for. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. Uh, uh, you know, we're gonna um, really let the people know what's going on with you. And I, I'd love to have you on again in the future. Um, we just did our nine hundredth episode. I wish I would have, uh, you know, uh, came across you uh, sooner because uh, we had all kinds of people. We had James Tony, you know, a former uh, champion, boxing champion, uh, Young Bleed, um, a lot of people. You know, so maybe we can get you on one of those anniversary shows, and we can also do another 350 episode in the future if that's cool. Heck yeah, yes, let's do it. I've done these podcasts with King Tech, and I'm Hip Hop and Outlaw Radio, and so uh, this show is definitely like a notch on my belt because I'm so appreciative of you taking your time to interview me and letting people know I'm still out here. And Gatorella is about a song about you know. Me, a chick from the, a young girl from the projects, or you know, middle class too, and just went through her for her dreams. And there's a lot of Gatorellas in the world who strive to be better and not let their circumstances, you know, overpower them. That's what's up. We're gonna check this out, and then we're gonna close out with your uh, verse from uh, "I'm So Dope." Thanks again so much for uh, joining us tonight, uh, 350. Huge honor. Thank you. This that bring that money to the table. Boss bitch, uh. Make my lips sipping Henny A. Run me my shit. I don't want to have to get him, but he got that drip. Took his keys in his sight. Son of a bitch, uh. I don't want to talk about his mama. Excuse me, miss, but your son came with the drama. That punk shit, get my dudes. In the hood we get it in So we bullets fly It ain't safe Check on your feet Got no love for these fucking snakes I'm out of reach I'm kicking No escape Triple OG Call me Gatorella Got that heat from my cousin Tommy Urban My 
that's another one for the bitch. Check my socks on the grid, shit. I'm just trying to live. I'm a ghetto ass, poor ass gangster. Check long legs off the bed, on the spank me, shit. Yeah, I do this shit for fun. Please, when is where I'm from? Hustling it in my blood. Shit. T3's in my lingus shit. Ooh, Kirk Molly. Y'all, y'all, fool. 